Victory on Geonosis! After a massive assault, the Republic has finally recaptured the Separatist planet and shut down its droid factories of doom. An investigation by Luminara Unduli led to the discovery of Queen Karina the Great, whose hive mind could reanimate dead Geonosian soldiers. During the destruction of the Queen's Temple, the Jedi apprehended her advisor, Pago the Lesser, and now prepare to deliver the villain to Coruscant for trial. Once again, Bucketheads, Mevar Tigar, welcome to the 64th Brainworm Slicing episode of MandoVision, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is via social media, at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show at MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, share, follow, <laughs> whatever, whatever your app says to do, do it. Uh, and, and, sh and let all the other Mandalorians in your covert know all about this fun, fun Star Wars show that we do over here. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and it's uh, in your in your power to do so, sweet, sweet, sweet fives or reviews are the best way to help spread the word about this show and help us defeat the evil power of the algorithm. That is the goal. <laughs> Let's defeat that algorithm together and make sure that everyone becomes a bucket head for MandaVision. All right, we're back. We're here for another exciting episode of the Star Wars, the Clone Wars rewatch series. Uh, I'm, I'm having so much fun going back and rewatching them, especially these early episodes uh, that I don't think I've checked out in, in quite some time. Uh, and it, but it's been a real blast. You know, some some things are are very uh, you know in my mind still, and then other things are like, oh, I totally forgot about that. Uh, right now, we're we're in the stretch of episodes that that I do remember a big chunk of. And, and uh, this episode that we're about to talk about today, which is, which is Season 2, Episode 8, Brain Invaders, uh, this is one I remember very, very well because uh, it's kind of gross. Uh, you know, in, in as much as uh, an animated series that is, you know, sort of geared towards the younger audiences can be gross. It's just, I you know, the whole idea about worms that enter your body via your nose... That's just that's uh that gives me the heebie-jeebies. All right, let's let's just put it out there on Front Street right right now. Uh, quick note before we dive into the show, before we do what we have to do, I do want to mention, uh, in case I haven't said it enough in in the last few episodes of the podcast, if you are as big a fan of of George Lucas material as I believe you are, please head over to the other podcasts that I do. Check out the Tomcast Popcast. We just did a special episode for the fortieth anniversary of Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, one of the movies that is, is you know, is as equally imprinted and seared in, into my brain as Star Wars is, uh, is Raiders of the Lost Ark. And, and so for its 40th anniversary, I sat down uh, with, with, with my brother and, and we, we talked about all the amazing things, uh, the impact of Indiana Jones, of Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, the whole thing. I think it's a really, uh, really fun look back at the, at the, at the, at the movie, at the film. At, at all of it. I mean, we tried to talk about every single aspect of that movie. 
Uh, but it was a fun one, and I hope you'll check it out. It's over there on the TomCast podcast. And uh, please and thank you, all right? But we, hey, we're here for Star Wars The Clone Wars, so let's get into it. Let's do what we got to do. You know what time it is. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. I'm afraid we have a complication. Don't we always? I've just received a distress signal from our forces on Dantooine. Master Windu's defense is held, but at a great cost to his men. They need medical supplies immediately. We can obtain these supplies at the medical station near Ord Cestus. We're delivering Poggle to Coruscant, and Cestus is not exactly on the way. The Republic must begin debriefing Poggle right away if we're to get useful intelligence from him. Okay, so there we go. That's where we're starting off with this episode. Right, we're picking up right where we left off, and and that's always a really exciting thing. That's kind of been like one of the strong points about this 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 series of of Geonosian episodes that we've just been watching, is that they are all very tightly linked to one another, and and almost I think almost every single one of them picks up right where the last one left you. So it's it's very tightly packed, uh, uh, a finely woven story, if you will. Uh, and yes, that is how we begin season two, episode eight, Brain Invaders. You know, this is a very much a uh, an invasion of the body snatchers type of tribute episode. You know, we're kind of continuing on uh, with with Star Wars, paying homage to some of the, like the great sci-fi that came before it, or even even some of it, some of the sci-fi they they pay homage to has come around Star Wars. But obviously, in, you know, the invasion of the body snatchers is very much a uh, a, a precursor. To, well, not exactly not a direct precursor to Star Wars, but of a time. You know, they maybe influenced Lucas a little bit when he was a young man and then, you know, cutting his teeth, getting getting familiar with all the exciting things of science fiction. Uh, our episode plot for this... Um, oh, boy. Our episode... <laughs> oh, my goodness. The plot for this episode. When Geonosian brainworms take control of their supply ship, Ahsoka and Barriss must battle to stop the vessel before it reaches a medical station. Uh, this episode is directed by Stuart Lee, written by Andrew Kreisberg, with Drew Z. Greenberg as a supervising writer, uh, Andrew Kreisberg is a name you may mention, you you may know if uh, if you watch a lot of television, specifically the CW. Uh, he's a big part of uh, Berlanti's Arrowverse and and helping get those shows developed and getting them on the air. And of course, we're talking about Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. And, and he was a big part of that. But before before that, obviously, he was doing Star Wars, The Clone Wars. And uh, that's a pretty darn good place to, to be. Writing Star Wars, The Clone Wars. I would have loved to written Star Wars, The Clone Wars. I would have had so much darn fun. It would have been a blast. It would have been absolutely epic. Uh, our cast for this episode, uh, you know, a lot, of familiar, a lot of familiar voices at this point. You know, again, as, as we stayed focused on this Geonosian series, a lot of recurring characters stepping up in every single episode, and, and that's what we get this time. Ashley Eckstein returns as Ahsoka Tano, Meredith Salinger as Barris Offee, Matt Lanter as Anakin Skywalker, James Arnold Taylor's Obi-Wan Kenobi, and TC-326. Olivia Diablo is Luminara Unduli. D. Bradley Baker as the Clone Troopers and Captain Rex. Brian George is Kai Adamundi. Phil Lamar is Kit Fisto. Tom Kane as the narrator. Matthew Wood as Poggle the Lesser. And a special shout-out to Phil Lamar, because I love Kit Fisto, so I love Phil Lamar by extension. That's always really excited. Our Jedi fortune cookie for this episode, Attachment is Not Compassion. And this is one of the few episodes where they, they sort of address that fortune cookie uh, fairly directly. Now, again, they don't do so until the end. Um... But it's important. This is a, this is a, an important one, and it's it's we'll we'll talk about it when it plays itself out at the end of the episode. Um, 
and I think this is where I'm going to leave it for now. I, I, we'll just address it at the end because I think the conversation that Anakin and Ahsoka has at the end of the episode is, is worth having a little bit more of a, of a, you know, we'll pull the taffy on that just a little bit more. So let's get into the, into the episode. Uh, again, like I said, we pick up right where we left off on the, on the prior episode. Let's hear the rest of the plan after Adamundi addresses the Jedi and the Padawans. Here we go. Master, I suggest we let our Padawans handle the supply mission. Whatever needs to be done, Master. I'm happy to help. As am I. Very well. Take a medical frigate, and after we've delivered Poggle to Coruscant, we'll rendezvous with you for the voyage to Dantooine. All right, that's our setup. Uh, then we cut to a scene. This is where we see the initial uh, infection of, of, of the brainworm onto a clone trooper. They're taking over, uh, over a tango company in this episode. And uh, that's going to be, like I said, it is the heebie-jeebies. I do not like this scene here where you watch the, the, the brainworm hatch from its egg and slither its way to the sleeping clone trooper and, and make its way into his nasal cavity. Just, oof, gives me the shivers every time I think about it. As, uh, I think it's Psy is the clone trooper who's initially possessed on Geonosis. Uh, as he is possessed by the brainworm, you do notice the freaky way in which he comes up off the ground. Uh, very much a, uh, it looks like almost like a little bit of a callback to like some of like the more demonic possession horror movies that we may have seen in our time. Uh, very uh, creature-like the way he rises from the ground and uh, adds more to the, like, that horror vibe that you get from some of these episodes here in, the, in this Geonosis set of episodes. Um, I want to go back to the initial uh, dialogue that opens the episode here, where Kayana Mundi's coming down off the shuttle to deliver the information uh, to our Jedi and their Padawans. Uh, there's a little bit in there that uh, I, I wouldn't call it like an outright, uh, uh, you know, acknowledgement that this is continuity or canon. Uh, but it's interesting that he mentions uh, Master Windu on Dantooine because that is very much a a, a set of things that ha occurs on the Gennady Tartakovsky Clone Wars animated series that you can now watch on the Vintage tab and that we will be diving into uh, in the near future here on MandoVision. Again, it doesn't exa exactly... His, uh, Kayana Mooney's reference to this does not exactly acknowledge that as canon. I think there's enough contradicting material uh, that exists to make it that they don't do that, but it is sort of an interesting note if you're paying attention, if you're a fan of all this stuff, that he kind of says that. Uh, so take that for what you will. It was something I noted I thought was interesting. Uh, the, and then the next bit of information, uh, they talk about the medical base near Ord Cestus. Uh, Ord Cestus, uh, also a part of the old Expanded Universe canon, uh, because it is uh, there is a, a book called uh, Deception at Cestus, which is a book featuring Kit Fisto. Again, does that acknowledge that book is part of canon? No, probably not. But it doesn't. It, it kind of winks at you that like, but maybe it is. Hey now, hope you paid attention to that book. Uh, and, and I did pay attention to that book, and I thought it was actually pretty decent. Uh, some of the prequel-era novels are a little inconsistent, uh, but I believe that was one of the ones I was rather fond of. So just a little shout-out to those and uh, how much I liked, I liked those. I, I love a good reference to something. I was like, ooh, I, can ref I, know, I get that reference. I'm like Captain America in, in the first one. I, I understand that reference. And, and uh, yeah, I, so I dig stuff like that. And even if it, you know, it's not going to affect you if you don't know it, you know, it's not like, oh man, I gotta go hit the Google machine and see what that's all about. No, 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 you're you're fine. You're a okay. It's not canon, so you don't have to worry about it. But like, there's just a little, there's a little, little avenue 
little dark alleyway you can walk down with a flashlight in your hand and, and, and kind of follow up on if you wanted to. And that's always, again, that's one of the fun parts about Star Wars is that it's like this living, breathing uh, galaxy where, where tons of things are happening all the time. And it's kind of neat to see how those, those pieces move together and work with one another. Uh, so our characters get to the ship. We're mostly following Ahsoka and Barris and and uh, and Tango Company on the sh- on the supply ship as they're heading to the medical station to, for, re- for to resupply uh, Mace Windu. Uh, that that is like our A plot. We get a little bit of a B plot, and it's not it's not even like a real fully developed B plot. But every now and again, we do cut back to the Jedi Masters on on the cruisers on the battle cruisers heading to Coruscant with Pago the Lesser. Uh, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about how important that actually is down the road. But yes, we are mostly focused on Ahsoka and Barris, their relationship, their budding, their budding relationship with each other, their budding friendship with one another. Uh, I like how we catch them. Uh, um, well, okay, <laughs> that that was going to be phrased very strangely if I continued that thought with that wording. Uh, but I like how we open up on. Again, we, we sort of contrast how these characters are very different. You see a very restless Ahsoka who can't sleep because she's used to the sound of battle around her at all times. So being in, in quiet uh, is uncomfortable for her. It's unsettling for her. She she finds it uh, unusual. And then you see uh, Barris on the other side sleeping very fully composed, like you much like like you would much envision uh, a, a proper Jedi sleeping when when there is a quiet moment to allow for such a thing. Uh, I also thought it was worth noting that Ahsoka sleeps with her lightsaber under her pillow, and I suspect that has a lot to do with uh, when, you, when you're when you're in the thick of things with a Jedi Master, like or with a Jedi uh, with again Anakin, not a Jedi Master at this point, but he is Ahsoka's master. So please understand where I'm, where I'm what I'm trying to say when I'm saying master at this point. But when when Anakin Skywalker is your master, uh, that's probably a habit you pick up from him. You know, always being ready for combat, for action at any given moment. Uh, so I like that. Then we cut to the clones getting infected. More egg worm, brain worm, not grossness. Just un, un, I'm just uncomfortable watching things go into into and out of people's noses. I don't know how you all feel about it. It, like I said, gives me the creeps. Just not a fan of things coming in or out of nostrils. Don't like it with ears either. Anything involving the head is just generally like, ooh, you know what I, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So I do like the scene though, Barris and Ahsoka sitting down for a meal, a quiet meal together. And uh, uh, the action is about to start in a moment, but I like this quiet moment, so I want to go ahead and play this bit for you right here. Let's check this out. I was just thinking about what you said earlier, about enjoying the peace while it lasts. As a Jedi, I'm not sure I know how to do that. Master Windu has said we are keepers of the peace, not warriors. However, once the war is over, it will be our job to maintain the peace. Yes, but will we do so as keepers of the peace or warriors? And what's the difference? I don't have all the answers, Ahsoka. Like you, I'm a learner. What does your master tell you? <laughs> Anakin? Oh, um, you might find some of his thoughts. Okay, hold on. I'm pausing it right here because what she's about to say, this is interesting stuff too. Her, her, um observations of Anakin in this moment are so interesting to me and so uh, telling. And we're, we'll talk about it on the other side, but check this out. Pay, pay a special attention to what, what Ahsoka's saying right here. Thoughts on the future uh, a bit radical. Really? Why? 
Let's just say my master will always do what needs to be done. I'm not even sure how peacetime will agree with him. And listen to that music that they played, the, the ominous dark side of the Force that we know so well from John Williams' score in the, in the, in the original trilogy. Uh, and again, Ahsoka, this is something she observes at a very early stage in their relationship. And uh, that is very, very interesting to me. And will come into play in this episode because we see what lengths Anakin will go to 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 save and help Ahsoka with the brainworm situation. And, and we're definitely going to be talking about that. Uh, so at this point, we, we cut back. The brainworms are taking control of the ship. They kill the pilots on the bridge. And now they come to confront Ahsoka and uh, Barris in the cafeteria. The, the, the initial plan is to kill the Jedi. And, uh, yeah, this is also when we cut back to our Jedi Masters, who note that the Padawans are late and out of contact. And only Anakin seems to really be super concerned about it. Uh, from Obi-Wan's perspective, which I, I do understand, as, you know, Anakin is a very uh, out-there, was a very out-there Padawan, did not follow regulations and rules uh, easily or regularly. So uh, he, Obi-Wan's lack of concern is somewhat understandable because of the relationship he had with his Padawan, and that would seem to be sort of the same vibe he's giving. To, like, well, if you were this way with me, why wouldn't your Padawan be this way with you kind of mentality? I, I think that's kind of like Obi-Wan's thought process on it. But the rest of the Masters seem to be uh, less concerned about it than Anakin is, which I do think is interesting. And uh, again, we are really getting into that developing bond between Obi uh, between Anakin and Ahsoka, which I love so, so much, because when it turns, oh, it's going to sting so bad. So after rendering two of the, the possessed clones unconscious, another set of clones comes in, and these ones are, are uh, deceptive. They, they, they initially seem like they are A-OK. -okay. They put down their guns, despite being held at lightsaber point, to kind of assure the, jet, the, the Padawans that they are on the same side. They don't know what's going on. They're here to help. Blah, 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 blah. And they go off together. Eventually, one of these clones will turn, or does reveal themselves to be infected. And this is where the revelation comes to, uh, to Ahsoka and Barris that uh, they are possessed by creatures, and that is a, a very alarming because because we must remember that Abaris and Ahsoka were not with Anakin and Obi Wan when they entered the, the temple of Queen Karina in the prior episode. So they don't know about these brainworm creatures that they encountered and how they reanimated the corpses of the dead Geonosians. So what I wanted to talk about with this section here because because Barris kills the clone who's trying to kill her. And then you see the worm kind of come out of its mouth in a very terrifying manner, in my in my estimation. Um, so you may wonder, like, well, why didn't why did why did that clone die as a result? Because we saw how these these um, worms reanimated the dead Geonosians. That has a lot to do with Queen Karina herself and her powerful control over the mind worms. That is the key ingredient there, and why the dead clones weren't just getting up off the ground and continuing to battle with, you know, holes in their chest from lightsabers. So, so just something to get, I just want, I just want to point that out and make sure everyone had that in, in their minds still. We didn't, we didn't forget that element that Queen Karina was the one responsible for that portion of the activities as far as uh, the, the, that Night of the Living Dead Geonosian episode that we had in the previous week. So after uh, killing that clone infected by the worm, they remember they are cut off from the bridge. They were trying to gain access to the bridge. They wanted to make sure they could control the ship, see what was going on. You know, 
stop it before they could get to the medical base where they would just infect the rest of the people on board that medical base. That would be bad for everybody, wouldn't it? A whole medical base full of uh, brain-wormed-up clones and, and uh, Jedis and all kinds of other things. Uh, the next scene that they come across they as they're walking through the, the corridors of a, of a ship very reminiscent of the, of the Tantive Four, by the way, you know, Princess Leia's ship from A New Hope, it's that style frigate that they're on, which, you know, it's always nice to see something familiar, isn't it? Uh, they come across uh, the, the brainworm-infected clones forcefully infecting the other clones. Uh, and it's, it's a rather disturbing scene as, 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 the, as the worm-infected clones are holding down another clone and, and the egg and the worm is coming out. They just kind of like hold it up to his face and you watch it go right up the nose, right up the nose. And uh, they're speaking Geonosian, which is uh, an interesting trait that they seem to have the ability to speak Geonosian which is not something we've heard uh, before uh, because I don't think we've ever heard a, a, a humanoid being in Star Wars speaking in the Geonosian tongue I think for a long time I kind of was like I don't even know if it's possible because you know the, of the, the kind of were click kind of nature of it uh, but with last week's episode and Queen Karina being able to speak basic I guess it's only, you know, why couldn't a, a human actually speak Geonosian if they were to know how to speak Geonosian? So the brainworms are able to take over the vocal centers of a, of a, of a being. So I, that's what's going on there. And I thought that was, that's, I thought it was rather disturbing. Just, I mean, it's a really small, subtle thing, but it's creepy as hell to hear clones, you know, speaking like that. It kind of freaked me out a little bit. So they detect the Jedi, they, they go on the run, and this is where Barris is going to lay out a plan to move forward. And, and, and hopefully to save themselves and the clones as well. Here we go. I'll go to the reactor room and disable the thrusters. You head for the AFTCOM center and send a warning to Master Fisto. We have to stop the ship from reaching the medical station. I don't know, Barris. I think we should stay together. As do I. Unfortunately, that's not a luxury we have right now. One of us must succeed, Ahsoka. If you need to, You'll do what must be done. I know it. Yes, of course. Then I'll see you soon. All right, big words right there. Big words from our from our Padawans as they are in deep doo-doo. As long as these things are on board, we dare not dock with the medical station. You must bring this ship in. The only way we can stop these parasites is to analyze them. And that is Kit Fisto speaking right there. I just want to pause it real quick to mention that. The great Phil Lamar returns as Kit Fisto. A Jedi that I always enjoy seeing on the screen. Uh, and now Ahsoka is rather perplexed by Master Fisto, who has a similar out view, or a similar outlook on the situation, uh, like Obi-Wan did in the previous one, where he wanted to study the creatures. So let's hear uh, Ahsoka's reply. You don't understand how terrible these things are. What if they get loose? We will take precautions. I have a bad feeling about this, Master Fisto. There it is. But I will follow your instructions. All right, now this is where Barris uh, attempts to enact her part of the plan, but uh, uh, Barris is going to run into some trouble here, and uh, I like this part a lot too. So let me kind of let this play out. Let's see how we do here. All right, right here. And I love what's going to happen right now. There's one thing we clones know. It's how to stop a Jedi. That is a dark boating statement from a clone trooper. <laughs> uh, I can see the echoes of Order 66 coming now. And uh, this is where a uh, brainworm is going to be uh, uh, 
inserted into Barriss Offie's face, and now the Rainworms have control of a Jedi. And uh, pretty good. They have pretty good access to all these people's skill sets. You know, uh, you know, we, we saw in the prior prior pri- ooh, the prior episode how the Brainworms just sort of um, um, they 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 you know we saw a lot of reanimated Geonosian corpses who you know. They're you know, they're shambling. There's but they're they're scary. But they don't have they they kind of come at you in numbers. It's very zombie esque. Uh, this time around, we're seeing the brainworms uh, have a much more uh, a, a sort of symbiotic relationship with their host bodies that they're that they're taking over and that they're possessing. You know, they're able to access their skill sets. Uh, the the clone infected ones are just as cunning soldiers as they were beforehand. They have access to like that muscle memory that. Uh, that soldier's brain, I would imagine, the way they think about things tactically. Uh, and with Barris, we see that when she's possessed, uh, the brain worm has control over her Jedi reflexes and her uh, force abilities and, and uh, a terrifying thought. So you, you sort of have to wonder about the, the, the nature of... Like, how does that work? Like, how conscious are the people that are being possessed and taken over? Like, will Barris remember what she had done with with the worm in her with the worm taking control of her, or is she you know is she a, just a passenger, but she sees witness the thing, or is she just completely blacked out during all this and has no idea, uh, because the worm has total control over everything and she's just off in a corner somewhere. Uh, they don't I don't think they bothered to explore that very much. I can't remember if there's any callbacks to that later on in the series. You know when when we catch back up with Barris at certain points, uh, but we're gonna find out because hey we're watching all the shows. So yeah, this is this is terrifying stuff, and it will eventually lead to uh, Barris versus Ahsoka, which is hey action packed and exciting stuff. But before Barris and Ahsoka get into a, into their armed combat with one another, uh, Ahsoka is able to make contact with with Captain Rex, who gets Anakin on the line and is able to inform him of what's going on. And obviously Anakin, familiar with the brainway with, with the brainworm creatures, is going to go down and get get answers from Pago the Lesser. And so we, it is our duty on the Men of Vision podcast to play this scene of rather intense slash epic proportions. So let's hit it. Listen to the music. Listen to the music. Leave us. Listen to the tone of voice. You will answer my questions. Your feeble Jedi mind tricks do not work on Geonosians. The other Jedi already learned this. Mind tricks? I don't need mind tricks that to get you to talk. Brutal punch. I will never talk. And there it is. Force choke. Force choke! Music that's being played, the music being played, the 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 very ominous dark side music, the look on Anakin's face, it's just it, it, here it is. I mean, we're we're seeing again that dark side of Anakin coming to the surface. You know, again in it's all about do what he's doing in the moment to do what he thinks he has to do to succeed to achieve the goals, uh, no matter the cost. And and this is a prime example of that. Ahsoka told us that about this. We've seen a stirrings of this from Anakin over the course of the of the series, but this is one of those big moments uh, for Anakin where he's he's tapping into into the dark side of the Force and doing things that he shouldn't be doing to to get the job done. 
And his feet aren't really held to the fire by the Jedi Masters. Like, once he comes up to the bridge and relays the, the information that Poggle has passed on, uh, and they're like, you interrogated Poggle? And like, he's like, we don't have time for this. I did what I did. Boom. And it just is kind of dropped. And again, I would, yeah, I would sort of think the Jedi might be keeping a file <laughs> on, on stuff like this. But, you know, I, I, I guess the Jedi are... You know, trusting of their of their comrade, of their ally, that you know maybe he maybe he did do a misstep here, but if it's in the service of right, then maybe it's okay. But I think I think we all know that that's not the case. Uh, and, but the Jedi don't, don't again don't hold Anakin accountable for this. At least not in memory. Maybe it comes up down the road. I don't think so, though. I don't think so. So let's get to the next big thing. Actually, what we're going to do is we're going to play that sequence where, where Anakin's going to relay the information to Ahsoka and the Jedi Masters uh, have questions. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, just kind of take Anakin's answers. Here we go. I made contact with Ahsoka. What's their status? Geonosian parasites have infected her crew. How did they get on board her ship? Poggle said the parasites must have needed a new host after we raided the Queen's temple. You interrogated Poggle. I did. It wasn't time to get the rest of you. How did you get him to talk? Look, all that matters is that he told me how to stop the worms. All right, now he's going to relay that information to Ahsoka, who's hiding up in the ventilation shafts as the clones go looking for her. This is Ahsoka. Come in. Ahsoka, listen to me. The worms are affected by the cold. Cold? That's how we stop them? Rupture the cooling system. Clone almost detects Ahsoka at this point. Ruptured the coolant system. The coolant system. Got it. All right, so that's where it leads to our big action sequence here. Uh, a lot of great combat stuff in here. As as you know, Kit wants still wants the ship to arrive at the station. They're going to help guide it and 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 make sure it kind of enters into like a quarantine. Uh, and you have Barris coming after Ahsoka, and Ahsoka attempting to save not only Barris, but the clones as well with this freezing process by, by rupturing the coolant, the coolant, uh, the coolant, uh, coolant system, and, and this is how they have to save everybody, and uh, I like this aspect of it. I, I, the, I think the thing I couldn't remember about this episode is I, I couldn't quite remember how it ended and how we kind of reach our concluding action sequence. Like, like are the clones sort of fodder in this, or... Uh, is there, you know, what happens? I mean, we know the Barris survives, and and I, but I wasn't sure if the, if the clones were sort of the sacrificial lambs in this episode. But Ahsoka's able to save everybody, which is great, which is good. It helps her, but it's a it's a traumatic experience because what she has to go through in order to do it, and and again, watch that battle with Ahsoka with Barris, and and uh, you know, we're gonna talk, we're we're gonna play the last bit of dialogue here. And we're going to reference back to what Barris told Ahsoka about, you know, how she was going to do what was necessary. And that I think, obviously, that's Barris telling Ahsoka to kill her if she gets possessed. But Ahsoka made a different choice and a different outcome. And uh, Barris lives along with the clones as well. And, and it's very impactful. And it ties, in, ties back into our Jedi Fortune cookie of attachment is not compassion, which, again, hearing Anakin talk about this is... is uh, extremely interesting because there's a lot of layers to peel back on that onion, and you all know that one for a fact. So let's go ahead and check it out. Ahsoka's waking up now. 
Everyone's safe. Kit Fisto and the medical techs have boarded the ship. All the clones and the worms, everything's a-okay. She's waking up on board the, aboard the medical station now. It's all right, Ahsoka. It's okay. You're safe. Barris? Barris is fine, thanks to your efforts. And so are the clones. What were those things? I think I can help answer that. And I love Kit Fisto coming in here. Is <laughs> I am here to give the exposition that you need to understand. But I love Kit. I love Phil Lamar, and it's all welcome. So let's hear. Let's hear the explanation from Master Kit Fisto. There's that we smile. We have the parasite worms analyzed. They are the same type of creature you found on Geonosis, Master Skywalker. We'll have to inform the troops on Geonosis. This parasite might explain how they recaptured the planet the first time. I don't want it happening again. You've been through quite an ordeal, little one. Master Skywalker, may I have a word? All right, so I'll pause it right there because it, it is interesting that they tie it back to the the second battle of Geonosis that 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 kicked off the, these episodes. Here is like you know what did occur. That the that the Republic lost control of Geonosis, and it's it's interesting that they looped it to the the brainworms and reanimating these corpses and probably unleashing hordes of brainworm controlled Geonosian zombies against the Republic. Though I feel like that might have made it into a report or two, and so they would have known what to expect. But then again, if they just completely overrun Republic forces, you know, there there may not have been a survivor left to make a make a detailed uh, a journal entry on that one for for Republic forces to find. All right, but here's where we, get, where we get into talking about attachment and compassion and doing the right thing. And again, from Anakin, this is I think this is powerful because we know the choices that Anakin's going to make and the way he's going to fall. And and so I really like this. I think it shows a lot of of his character, uh, where he sort of stands on certain issues. You know, he he sort of straddles that line, and, and that's Anakin's character. But the way he talks to Ahsoka here is that of a, a a good teacher master on the ship barris was gone and she wanted me to kill her she told me but you couldn't do it no no i couldn't but should i have i mean it worked out now but if we had failed if the ship docked and the worms spread and ahsoka it's your duty to save as many lives as you can. Barris knew you could save thousands if the worms were destroyed, which she thought meant destroying her too. But you did the right thing. You knew the freezing cold would kill the worms. Letting go of our attachments is a difficult struggle for all of us. You followed your instincts. I'm sure she would agree that you made the right choice. And there it is. But Ahsoka still left with questions. And this is sort of the struggle that this, this character is going to grow with as she develops and we get to know her better and better as the series plays out. Boom, boom. Oh, so good. Yeah, I love that. I love how it, it ties together. This is, one again, one of the few episodes that I think really ties well into our Jedi Fortune cookie that's established at the beginning of the episode. Uh but and I love Ahsoka questioning, asking these questions about right and wrong and doing the right thing. You know, did they just get lucky? Was it okay to do what she did? Should she have, have taken these other steps? Uh, I, I love that exploration. I love that, that sort of, you know, 
morality that the Jedi have to struggle with uh, when it comes to saving as many lives as they can. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed this episode. It's creepy as heck. It's got some elements to it that make me uncomfortable, but I do really enjoy it. I, and I love seeing Ahsoka and Barriss. I think it's a really fun dynamic between the two. And again, knowing where, where that relationship will go down the road uh, makes it all the more uh, interesting to see these beginning episodes again and kind of rewatch how that how that bond forms between them. So I, I again, I like it. I like the sort of homage to Invasions of the Body Snatchers. So for me, this is an this is a, a, a again a rock solid seven and a half. Really enjoyable episode. It's got the the hallmarks of 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 Star Wars all over it with that moral with that morality issue. We get the shadows of Anakin's fall to the dark side coming here. It, it, it's so good. It's it's a really solid rock, you know, again, rock solid episode of the show. And I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. All right, let's get out of here. We have been having too much fun today. Too much fun. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. I hope we have, you have had a blast as much as I have. Uh, just, I'm having so much fun doing these these Clone Wars episodes. I can't I can't wait to keep them going. It's it's going to be a hoot. And I'm glad you all are with me on the on the journey, on the rewatch. And I hope, uh, I hope that I'm kind of, I wonder, I wonder how many of you are, are rewatching at the same time that we're doing this. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm very curious though. Anyways, let's get out of here. Let's wrap it up. You all take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is via social media at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. And make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, sharing with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Pandora, Amazon, Audible, and so many, many more. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you can take the time to give us a five-star review to help defeat the evil algorithm, all the better. And it's the best best way to support the podcast by helping us defeat that algorithm and recommending us to as many people as you can. Thank you, thank you, thank you in advance. All right. I will be back on Friday for another episode of The Bad Batch. Brace yourselves. We're rocketing to the the conclusion of what I hope is only is, is season one of many, but uh, no announcements forthcoming about that just yet. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's do it. You know what has to happen. There is only one way for this podcast to end. And this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. I would like to see the baby.